food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. If you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know how much I love the topic of planning and creating a roadmap for your business and your life. And Jules comes to this episode with a new perspective on just this. I love this conversation. She has so much to share about creating a successful roadmap for your business so that you can actually achieve those dreams that you have. She qualified for Mediavine in one year after setting that goal for herself, and she used this exact roadmap for making sure that happened. Enjoy this episode. It is number 394, and it is sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey there, we are putting together an AMA episode. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. Coming up here on the eBlog Talk podcast, and we would love your help with this project. Submit questions that you would like for me to answer in episode number 400 that will be published on April 10th. Ask me anything about myself, productivity, planning, food blogging, any of those topics that I talk a lot about. I will do my very best to get an answer for you. Send me an email at megan at eatblogtalk.com with AMA as the subject line and ask away. Jules Grazakamp is a dessert blogger from Scotland. She started her own bakery at age 16 and she ran that for 10 years before selling and moving to Canada. After a few years of working as a business coach, she realized she missed working with food, so she purchased a camera to share her recipes on her blog, Bonnie Bakery. Now Jules shares her accessible recipes using real and simple ingredients to help people create professional quality desserts in their own kitchens. Hello, Jules. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. I love this topic so much. But before we get into it, what fun fact do you have to share with us? So my fun fact is that I have actually lived and worked in five different countries. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Which countries? So I'm from Scotland, as you can probably tell from my accent. Love your accent. But I've also lived in Florida in the US, in Dubai, in the UAE, Canada, which is where I met my husband. And then I am currently living in Germany. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So fun. So you are a worldly human. I love it. <laughs> around a lot. So does my cat. My cat comes with me everywhere. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. We've always wondered about that. We have a cat and we like to travel. So we're always hesitant to take our cat anywhere because we're afraid we're going to lose him. But has that ever been a concern for you? I think it depends on the cat. Yeah, I think so too. Our cat is an explorer. He loves going outside. So I feel like he kind of needs to stay here, unfortunately. Aw. Well, so cool. So if I visit Scotland, what are some things that I absolutely need to see? Oh, gosh. Well, it, it's just a really beautiful country to begin with. So what I like about it is that there's there's city, and then within 10 minutes, you can be in what feels like complete wilderness. So everything's just oh. beautiful and so nearby, and you can kind of have 12 different kinds of experiences in one day, which is really nice. So... I would say if you go somewhere like Edinburgh, which is really beautiful and historic, you can kind of see 
a lot of the real history of Scotland and then some of the really beautiful landscapes as well, all within that area. So definitely Edinburgh. Oh, uh, okay. So I definitely <laughs> need to go, right? Tell me Definitely. Yes. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> okay. All right. Going to make it happen now. Super excited to talk about the topic you're here to chat about today, Jules, which is creating a roadmap for success in your blogging business. Mm -hmm. And this is something I absolutely love talking about. I could go on for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. So tell us how you came up with this roadmap. And I know that you applied for, you qualified for Mediavine in just under a year following this roadmap. So I'd love to hear that story before we dig into your steps. Sure. So I actually started out running a bakery. So (laughs) I ran a a baking business for 10 Mm -hmm. years, which I started when I was still in high school. So the steps I'm going to talk about today are really just things that I learned from those 10 years in business, which I then later on applied to my blog. So it's it's from just tried and true, trial and error, figuring out as I go kind of thing that I've come up with those steps. Yeah. Okay. You started a bakery when you were in high school? Yeah. What? That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It started small, obviously. I started just selling cupcakes out of my locker in school, which the other kids <laughs> were selling cigarettes. You can tell I was not one of the cool kids. <laughs> so yeah, I started doing that. And then I, I left, I finished high school a year early and I went off to university to study business. And then while I was there, I just kind of kept the company going and I started doing weddings and corporate events and kind of develop my skills and then when I graduated from university I opened my first store like my first physical bakery and then yeah I I worked on that for 10 years and went through all these different changes and ups and downs before I eventually decided to give it all up and move to Canada so that's kind of where my business background has come from. That is the coolest story leading up to blogging I think that I've ever heard. That's so cool. (laughs) Cupcakes at the locker to blogger. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's amazing. Okay, so you have learned a lot just by trial and error and experience. So we want to learn from you. Do you want to just talk through your steps? I know you have a few steps for this roadmap that you've created. So do you just want to dig into step one? Absolutely. And I will just say as well to to explain, sometimes I talk about working with clients. So I've done business coaching alongside with this over the years. So that's why I'm talking about like what works for different clients. That's why it's not like the cake clients. (laughs) So the road mapping is basically, it's a form of strategy. It's a form of planning strategy for businesses that focuses on working backwards from your end goal. So like a lot of bloggers, they're really focused on starting and launching and growing their blogs, but there's no real strategy in place so a lot of the time it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks and people often approach their blogs or their businesses with like a a what's next mentality so they'll cross one thing off their list and be like okay well I've done that so what I do next and they just keep going through their whole business that way which is fine like it can work but if you want to create something really special and have some serious growth in your blog then that's where road mapping comes into play so it makes you figure out your end goal first like where you want your business to be and what you want that to look like. And then you work backwards from there to make a step-by-step strategy of different milestones and targets so that you know exactly how to get there, which can be super overwhelming. Like if you're trying to think about what that big goal should be, it seems really far away. But once you've broken it down into steps, you can see how achievable they are. And from like working with clients on that, a lot of them, once they have this roadmap, it just kind of unlocks something in your mind 
and it just makes achieving those goals seem easy because that's the hardest part is coming up with what the strategy is. And then once you have the plan, you just have to follow it step by step. This is something that I found food bloggers struggle with. So for my mastermind members, I offer planning calls and we go through this and I ask them to think ahead, like three years ahead and then one year ahead. And almost every single person that does that has a hard time with it. And they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I want in three years. How am I supposed to know that? So what do you recommend? Like, do you recommend that people think about like what they want in their business, what they want in their personal lives or both? It has to be a bit of everything. And it's funny you say that about the people struggle with it because I've found that as well. Like it's often when you ask people, what is your goal? Where do you want this to go? They don't, they don't know or they don't have an answer yeah. for it. But it has to be. You have to think about what do you want your business to look like? But also, what do you want your life to look like? You know, if it's no good saying, well, I want my business to be this size, but then you have no time to spend with your kids or, you know, like everything in your life has to come into play when you're designing what you want that to look like. If, if it's important to you, for example, to have time to spend with your kids, then you work that into your business goals. You say, OK, I want to be realistically able to have this business running where I only have to put in 20 hours a week if that's one of your goals you know so it's about taking the bigger picture of your whole life and figuring out what would my business have to look like to make that a reality and so a lot of the time it's important it has to be like the whole picture otherwise you're just going to be miserable if you don't take everything into consideration but a lot of people they you ask them you know where do you want this to go and either they haven't thought about it or like you say, they maybe don't have a real answer. So they'll say something vague like, oh, I just want to grow it as big as I can. Or a lot of people will play it safe. Like it's a small goal that's not really reaching their potential. And it's not because they don't have the imagination to dream bigger. It's because I think sometimes we feel like it's obnoxious to dream big. I don't know if you ever, do you know what I mean? Like, I totally know what you mean. People, yeah. it's like you're ashamed of it or embarrassed of it. Like, oh, I, I'll never get that. Like, why would I, yeah. why would I go that big? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like we listen to the limits that other people put on us or oh. we think it's safer to not want to get ahead of ourselves or, you know, it's, and that's not, that's not going to work because you're never going to achieve more than what you set out to do, right? Like you're never if you set a goal, you're never going to accidentally achieve more than you meant to. That's just not how it works. So, Oh gosh, that's, yeah, that's good. And I feel like a lot of us have parents who are from a generation where there's a lot of limited thinking and limited beliefs, like I do for sure. So I, I just have learned not to share my big goals with my parents because it deflates me and it brings me back to that playing safe place that you were talking about. So what do you think about like, the need for surrounding yourself with people who also think big? Oh, definitely. It makes all the difference in the world. I mean, if you aren't ashamed of what you're trying to, I mean, first of all, the fact that we should even feel ashamed of what we're trying to achieve is silly in the first place. But like you said, I think there's definitely a generational element there. But also some people just, I don't know, I guess they, they don't want you to stand out or do anything different. A lot of people want you to just conform to like the norm of what everyone else is doing. And that's not going to help you to get where you need to be. You know, you need to be able to be proud and confident about what you're trying to do. Because if you're not confident in it, if you can't even stand up and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, then how are you going to, you know, make it happen if you can't even say it? So I think yeah. it's important to to be able to have some, at least some people around you that, that get yes. it and understand it and, 
you know, whether that's a friend or a coach or, you know, a fellow business owners, fellow bloggers, like you need to be able to say it out loud. There's so much power in saying it out loud to somebody else or writing it down or both. I've noticed when I go through those calls that I was talking about that people really seem to feel empowered and more confident after they've said like, oh, I want to make, and then they give me like a a number or something, you know, like something really specific that is a big, big dream or big goal. They feel empowered by that. So I think it is really important to find someone that you can trust and just say it to them. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes a big difference. So we've figured out what our big goals are way down the road. And then you talked about like kind of working backwards and picking like guideposts or milestones. So talk about that a little bit. Exactly. So the way I see it, there are three kind of stages with the road mapping. There's there's the end goal, which is what we just talked about. And then there's goals and tasks. And each one is what needs to happen to make the next one a reality. So like the end game is where you ultimately want to go. The goals would be, like you said, milestones along the way and your targets. So if you have a goal, for example, like if we took the Mediavine one that we just mentioned, if your ultimate goal is to get onto Mediavine, then you would break that down into smaller milestones of, okay, well, if I want to have 50,000 sessions by this time next year, I need to have 30,000 by this time or 10,000 by this time. And you kind of break that down into smaller chunks. And they can be like annual or quarterly or monthly or weekly goals, whatever you work best with. And they are going to be constantly reassessed and adjusted as you go because nothing's ever kind of set in stone, right? Things change and stuff happens. And so those will be your kind of milestones that you're aiming for. Rather than aiming for, I need to get to 50,000, you're focusing on the first 5,000 or the first 10,000. And then once you've got those targets and milestones or goals, whatever you want to call them, then you're going to break those down into tasks, which are the bite-sized achievable tasks that are going to make up your daily action plan. So, you know, if you're aiming for that first 10,000 sessions, for example, you would look at, okay, well, what needs to happen to make that smaller goal a reality? Whether that's working on your SEO or consistently posting two recipes a week or trying to show up more on social media, you figure out what goes into making that a reality and what needs to happen in order to accomplish that target. And then you can start planning those tasks out. So if you're saying, okay, by March, I want to have posted six new recipes, and you can break that down into a monthly goal and a weekly goal. And it's basically just a lot of breaking things down into bite-sized chunks, because those smaller, more achievable targets are going to be something that you can work on every single day. And every one that you cross off is going to bring you closer to that goal. And the bite-sized goals that you're talking about are so much less overwhelming than that big goal, right? Like when you think of if you have, I don't know, 10,000 page views a month now and you think of getting to 50,000, that seems really daunting, I think. So going backwards like you're talking and getting to like the smallest thing that you can do, the action that you can take today, that's achievable. You can do that and it all builds up to create that bigger goal. I love that so much. Absolutely. And that's like I say, it just... it it makes something click in your mind when you have, instead of this big daunting thing you're trying to achieve, you just have, okay, today I have these lists of tasks to do. And if you just do that every single day, like the hard part is making the plan. Once you have the plan, all you have to do is follow it. And then it just all seems so much easier and so much more achievable. Oh, the hard part is making the plan. That is so true. And we <laughs> we resist that so much, don't we? It's like, I talk to bloggers all the time and they're like, I don't, have time or I don't want to make the time to sit down and make the plan. But 
that, yeah, like if you can get past that, you've gotten the hard stuff out of the way. Definitely. I mean, if you, it's crazy to me because if you don't know like where you're trying to go and you don't have a plan of how you're going to get there, how do you ever expect to get there? Like you wouldn't go on a road trip without a map. So it's the same thing with your business. You know, you need to, you need to have a plan of how you're going to get there. Otherwise you really are just hoping that it's going to happen. It's so true. It's like the old like road trip analogy where you're like, I have to get somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're getting in the RV and we're going somewhere. But if you don't know where you're going, then you're just going to drive around the United States endlessly and never get anywhere. You have to know where you're going if you want to get there. Exactly. It's the same exact thing. Hello there. Jumping in for a quick break to talk about Rank IQ. I love this keyword research tool. And you've heard me talk about how much it has helped to grow my traffic on my food blog. I will tell you about one of the reasons I love this tool so much, which is how fast I can publish a post compared to my pre-Rank IQ days. Why is it faster, you might be wondering? I don't do as much searching on the front end of deciding on a keyword, so I dig into the writing portion really quickly and with laser focus. Next, I dive into each post with confidence because each keyword has been handpicked by the creator of the tool himself. With other tools, I approach each keyword tentatively because I really don't know how each one will perform or whether it's going to produce a good crop of traffic for me. And last, the Rank IQ Optimizer is the best optimizer out there in my opinion. It provides very specific recommendations about content to include inside each post. This makes the writing process go really smoothly as the optimizer acts as my guide, leading the way to a comprehensively written post. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and check it out for yourself. Now back to the episode. Okay, so once we have the milestones mapped out and action steps, what would be the next step? So the next thing is when you're making those tasks, you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success there. And so I love using the SMART goal mentality. I know that you had a guest that spoke about this recently, but I just absolutely love talking about SMART goals. They're just, it makes the difference. Like, so if you, for the people that are listening, right, I bet that most of you have a to-do list, but how many people have a task or more than one task on that list that has been sitting there for months? Yes, I do. (laughs) But I guarantee you it's not because you're not good at executing tasks. It'll be because you haven't set the task list effectively. So it's not it's not a, a task that you're able to check off easily. And so I encourage people to think of every single task that they put on their list should be written as if you're writing it for an employee or a VA. Because if someone else couldn't come in and read this and know exactly what they have to do, then how can you expect yourself to be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So when that that's why I like to use the SMART goals because that, so that stands for, for those that don't know, it's the SMART goals are specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-based. And there's different versions, but that's, that's one that I like. And so that means, for example, every single task, if you're looking at specific, every single task has to be specific enough that you or a VA or an employee can look at that and know exactly what you're aiming for. So if you put something like get my finances in order, that's not specific enough. You need to have something that's like, okay, well, I need to download the bookkeeping app and put in my invoices or whatever. They would be smaller broken down tasks that are super specific. They have to be measurable. So it needs to be something that you can look at and know at what point you can actually tick that thing off your list. I think so many tasks are like a general thing where 
if you don't know when you would be able to tick it off, it's not measurable. It's not something like, okay, now I have done this task or now I have accomplished this thing. So you're never going to be able to cross that off, which ties into the actionable part, which is making sure that it's something that you can actually, you can actually do. So if you, again, coming to an example for you, so like if you were to say, start a podcast, you're never going to cross that off your list. Start a podcast is not something you're going to cross off your list, but you can break it down into an actionable task, like write down topic ideas for a first podcast episode, right? That's something that you can actually do. And you know when you can take that off your list. And in that vein, they also have to be realistic, which is the next one. So, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't aim big, like we were talking about earlier. Like you want to have, you know, big goals, but they need to be something that you can realistically achieve in a, in a time period. You know, it needs to be something that's simple enough that you can do it in a day or in an hour or whatever time frame you've set, which again is the time based. So every single task on your list should have a deadline on it always Ooh. every single task <laughs> if you don't say this needs to be done by Wednesday then Wednesday's going to roll around and it won't be done and you can put it off because there's no strict deadline on it so like making the deadlines and importantly sticking to the deadlines and keeping those promises to yourself if you make every single task that's on your list all of these things it's going to make it so much easier for you to actually follow through with them because even one of these isn't there it gives you a reason not to do it so that's why I love working with the SMART goals so much. I just think it's such an important part of making sure that those tasks are going to get done. I think we should all go through our to-do lists today and do that. I think that would help. I have a few things that have been on there for far too long. And if I just kind of thought through, like for me, it's the, like I do too much big picture, like you said, like start a podcast, <laughs> but that can actually be broken down into like 90 different things. So I should be putting those tasks on my to-do list instead of, the big overarching dreams, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that and that's where that, that feeds back into the road mapping because you can break that down into, like you said, 90 different tasks, but then you come back to that plan and you can sit down at the start of whatever period you want, whether it's quarterly or monthly or weekly, and then you can actually schedule those tasks into where they fit into your plan. So, you know, if you were to, I like to do it once a month at the start of every month, I look at what is on the plan this month to be able to get closer to that target that I'm currently working on. And then that gets broken down and broken down and broken down into these tiny little smart goals. And then I can schedule them out on a weekly basis. So I can say, okay, well, on week one, I'm going to tackle these things and plan those all out. And then at the start of that week, I will break them down even further. It's just a lot of breaking things down, basically. <laughs> it's just breaking it down as far as you possibly can. And the start of every week, then I'll break it down and say, well, I'm going to do this task on Monday, this task on Tuesday, and just set those deadlines and those timelines. And it, it just, it makes everything so much easier. And then you wake up every day and you know exactly what you have to do that day. There's no kind of, oh, how am I going to work on my blog today? Or how am I going to get closer? Because you've already got the plan. You just wake up and you follow the tasks and they're all small, easy tasks. It's not like some big daunting thing that you have to try and figure out for 10 minutes before you can even get started. They're all easy tasks because you've made it easy for yourself. Right. You've put the thought into it in advance so that you can achieve yeah. all of these tasks. <laughs> um, what do you do when you just have to scrap a week? Like let's say you're sick or something happens. And I know for me in the past, I've been in times where I just get overwhelmed by that. And I'm like, oh, 
I'm so behind now. So now what do I do? Well, that's why I said mentioned earlier that it's important that you are constantly reassessing where you're at because life happens, right? Nothing. You can make the perfect plan and it's never never going to go perfectly according to plan. But the important thing is that you are constantly reassessing and pivoting. So like if something comes along that kind of throws you off track, whether it's like you say, you get sick or maybe your goal changes slightly, even that can happen too. That's fine. The important thing is that you continue to make that plan. So don't just go, oh, well, the plan is scrapped. So I'm just going to give up on it now. The important thing is (laughs) I'm out (laughs) walking away. I know it's easy to do though. It's so easy to just kind of, it's like, I I often do that whenever I'm trying to eat healthy. If I eat one bad thing in the day, then I'm like, oh, well, the whole day is just gone. So I might as well stuff my face. Isn't that funny? I do the same. Or like if I don't get up and work out right away and I'll just be like, well, I'm not going to walk either. I'm not going to eat health. Like everything is out the window. You just write off the whole day. Yeah. So it's it's important not to do that with this. You know, if you if you know in advance that there are going to be things that come up, then you are not going to be so hard on yourself. You know, you need to be aware that things are going to change and give yourself some grace there. And just know that when it happens, just go, okay, I just need to sit down and rejig everything and remake my plan, which is fine. Yeah. Because plans are not meant to be like set in stone. Your strategy and your end goal, you know, obviously your end goal, you want to be constantly working towards that. But the way that you get there, that can be changed on a regular basis. And that's okay. Oh, I love this. Okay. What kind of along those lines, what if we have like discipline issues or there's something in our character or like something in our habits that hold us back from actually achieving our goals. How do you recommend getting through that? So I think a big part of being successful with anything really, but since we're talking about blogs with with your blog is being really real with yourself and being honest with yourself. Like if you're able to take a really good look at yourself and recognize what your weak spots are, then they're not really weak spots anymore. They're opportunities for improvement, right? So like if you know that you struggle with time management, for example, then you can actually plan in advance and figure out how that's going to impact your plan and what you can do now to support yourself better in that area. So like I know sometimes I have trouble staying focused. So rather than just deal with that on a daily basis, I started using like the Pomodoro technique, which works so well for me. And that's something that I know in advance that I have to set. So that's the one where you sit and you do 25 minutes of work and then the timer goes off and you take a five minute break and you just kind of do your whole day that way. So I know that I struggle with focus. So I can look at that and be really honest and be like, okay, Jules, you know that you're not good at just staying focused on something. So what can you do to rectify that now? What can you be proactive about to make sure that that's not going to impact your plan too badly? So I think it's it's just being really like critically analyzing what is going to hold you back and trying to do something about it before it becomes an issue. That was so well said. Just being aware, right? And then also yeah. having grace with yourself Absolutely. when you do encounter those. I loved what you said about... Instead of seeing them as weak spots, seeing them as opportunities. That's such a cool way to see that. Yeah. I mean, we're all human. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And you just have to keep that in mind. You know, you have to 
be easy on yourself and just help support yourself. Like, again, like you would an employee. If you had an employee who struggled with something, you would try and support them. But often we don't view ourselves that way. We just expect Mm -hmm. better from ourselves without any support. And that's just not going to work. It's not fair to us. (laughs) We have to remind ourselves constantly that we're human. (laughs) You are a human too, just like everyone else. (laughs) Definitely. So how do you recommend tracking all of this? So do you write it down or do you have like a whiteboard or do you just keep it in your head or how do you do that? So I'm a really big nerd for tools and software. (laughs) I'm a big fan. I've been using Asana for years. I know a lot of fellow bloggers also use Asana or they use Trello. Ultimately, it's going to be whatever works for you. I'm not a pen and paper kind of person. I'm definitely a digital person, but I know a lot of people like to use pen and paper. It confuses me endlessly. I don't know. That would just drive me mad. But but the important thing is figuring out what works for you and setting up a system there. So, you know, whether that is writing on a piece of paper or whether it's using a tool or something, just making sure that wherever you like to plan, that you have the whole thing down. So like if you're making, for example, the, the bigger picture goals, making sure that you're writing that down. And then I like to actually physically draw out sometimes or map out on the computer like I always picture it like a like a board game. <laughs> so like you've got your you've got your end goal is like the end of the game where you're trying to get to, and then all the little squares in between are like the stepping stones that you're trying to take. So I kind of plan it out like where on the board game would this goal be, and where would that fit in, and you're kind of working backwards and and picturing what that would look like so that you know always what the next step is going to be. But going back to your question, it's it's just about making sure that you're writing it down in a way that works for you. Because if you're trying to force yourself to use a tool, like I say, I use Asana, someone listening might be like, okay, well, she uses Asana. I'm going to go and try Asana. If that's not what works for you, you're never going to stick to it. So it's about finding what you resonate with and how you work best and how your brain works best and using that tool or method to track it as best you can. And that means making sure that you're writing down those milestones, making sure that you're writing out those goals and then writing down those individual tasks. I think there's so much power in being able to cross a task off your list. I still think it's the best feeling in the world. I don't know about you. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that feeling. It's interesting how planning can actually be a distraction for some people. Like what you were saying about Asana, like, oh, maybe I'll try Trello. Maybe I'll try Airtable, whatever that can be a distraction from actually getting stuff done, which is so counterintuitive. Like your planning is actually getting in the way of meeting your goals. But that's why I think it's important that you schedule time to do this, right? Rather than just trying to do it whenever you feel like it, if you schedule a time and say, okay, at the start of every quarter, at the start of every month, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to take two or three hours to just plan out what's going to be done in this month and then you do all the planning and you have set a scheduled time to do it then it's done and you don't have to be messing around with it every day and changing your mind and going back like you can actually just schedule that time in and know that that is your planning time and then it's less likely to become a distraction I think. What do you recommend for people who get stuck in the planning mode? So they love planning. They've got everything mapped out in their asana and and to-do list and everything, but they don't actually take action. What do you think the holdup there would be? I think that's really common. And I know that I've definitely struggled with that in the past as well. What I would say is plan out your daily tasks with starting with something that you're excited about. And you can also plan those things that you are 
that you enjoy, like if you enjoy the planning process and that's something that you get stuck into, make that a part of the plan if that gets you going for the day, but then make sure that you are planning out the parts that you actually enjoy to get you going in the morning. I read recently, I just started reading Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've read that. Oh, I love that book. It's one of my favorites ever. I've not finished it yet, but I just read the chapter about habit stacking, which I think would be really helpful for someone in this situation. And so what he says there is it's about kind of attaching habits onto one another. So if you know, okay, once I've finished this particular task, as soon as I'm finished that, that is the trigger to begin this next one, or this habit or task. And I think that can be really helpful as well to kind of keep the flow going. Because if you have it set up, almost like when you're doing supersets in the gym, right? If you know, okay, as soon as that task is done, I'm going to go straight into this one. And you have that already planned out in advance, it'll help you to kind of move through it more like a flow rather than you do a task and then you stop and take a break and then you go and do something else and you get distracted. So yeah, maybe trying something like the habit stacking. I highly recommend that book. Like I say, I've not finished it, but there's a lot in there about just making yourself do do the things. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I always say it's life-changing and that sounds dramatic, but it's so true. I, Absolutely. I've read it a few times and I feel like it just can change your business, but it can also change your life and both kind of bleed into the other, especially as a blogger when you work from home all the time. So I think every person listening to this podcast right now should read Atomic Habits. It is so worth your time. Definitely. It's a game changer. It is a game changer. All right. Is there anything we've missed that you feel like we should cover? I feel like this is such a good map that you've laid out for us, Jules, but I want to make sure we have covered it all. I think the only other thing I'd want to say is a lot of people, they say that they can't start and run their dream businesses because they think they don't have the knowledge or the skills or they don't have what it takes. But that's just not true. Like the difference between the people who start successful businesses or blogs and the ones that don't, it's not some secret ingredient. It's just that they they went out there and they did it. And you absolutely can too. Like if you just decide that you're going to do it, make this plan and take action, there's absolutely no reason why you can't accomplish those big dreams within the time frame that you want to. Mm, I love it. And keep dreaming big, right? Definitely. Don't let others' opinions about your business or your life stop you from dreaming big. I think that's maybe the most important thing of all. Absolutely. And if people don't have someone that they can tell their big dreams to, just DM me, message me. I will listen to your your dreams and your goals. Same. I love it. I love hearing big dreams. Awesome. Well, this has been so fun. I could literally talk to you for hours and hours about this, but I suppose (laughs) I should let you go about your day, Jules. Thank you so much for joining me and for delivering all of this value to food bloggers today. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. Yes, agreed. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us? I do. My all-time favorite quote is it's actually from Walt Disney and he says the world is a magical place choose your own adventure which I love because it's about just deciding what your path is going to look like oh that's so great I love it we'll put together show notes for you Jules so if you want to go look at those head to eatblogtalk.com forward slash Bonnie Bakery tell everyone where they can find you so your blog social media and all of those good things Sure. So my blog is bonniebakery.com. That's B-O-N-N-I bakery. And I'm the same on Instagram, B-O-N-N-I. I I actually have an underscore in there. I need to change that at some point, but bonnie underscore bakery. And I'm that on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Don't forget to head to forum.eatblogtalk.com to join our free discussion forum and connect with and learn from like-minded peers. I will see you next time.